welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. Well, we got another episode to talk about, and this one, this one is also another request as well. Just recently, I recorded my uh, Five Nights at Freddy's episode that was requested by one of my buddies from um, from Eastern Illinois University. But now I got another re- movie request to talk about, and and this one this one was actually from uh, from a couple of weeks ago. But my other request, but my other request for Five Nights at Freddy's came in came in uh, came in right out of the gate. So now I'm I'm gonna follow up with my pre- with this request, and this movie this movie I'm gonna talk about is The Blues Brothers, and I'm not gonna do it alone. I'm I'm gonna do. A collaboration again, but this time with one of my uh, co-workers from Naperville Community Television, and that would be Joe Kennedy. Joe, welcome to the show. Yeah, Mark, I'm super excited to be joining you. Um, you know, excited to talk about the Blues Brothers. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. I listened to one of your podcasts, and I was like, I think you asked me what's your favorite movies or what's whatever, and I was like, the Blues Brothers. We should do something, talk about it. And so here we are, and I'm excited to be here, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you so much. I mean, and yeah. thanks for bringing bringing the movie up because Blues Brothers is is a is another favorite movie of mine. I mean, the I mean, obviously because let's be honest, when you see like the DVD cover or a video VHS VHS cover or even the name itself, the Blues Brothers, like what do you think of this? Like what do you think of or who do you think of when you when you when you hear the Blues Brothers? You think of the blue, you know, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi. You think of those two. You think of just like Chicagoland and just like soul music and jazz music and Joliet area. And, you know, it's kind of growing up close by. It's like that hometown feeling that I also really can connect to. And I feel like a lot of people from Chicago, you know, like in the 80s and 70s, there's uh, some good films from around the area that, you know, are just classic. So Blues Brothers yeah. is one of them. Yeah, exactly. Blues Brothers is one of them. But also, uh, the movie itself is based on uh, on their Saturday Night Live sketch of the same name, which also starred John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Now, the sketch itself, I mean, it's still online. Like, the sketch itself is online. But how this sketch aired, it aired on Saturday Night Live as it was like 1970. I believe it was 1978. And that was when Saturday Night Live was starting to... uh, was starting to come although saturday night lives in an air until 1975 but like the popularity started to grow and one of their sketches was uh was the blues brothers with dan Aykroyd and john belushi to which um john belushi and dan Aykroyd are two are like two of the early are two of the uh early snl um snl celebrities on the show okay yeah i mean have yeah, you seen, and- have you seen saturday night live or Maybe oh, yeah. Friend. I've seen it plenty of times. You know, I've seen um, multiple Saturday nights, like with my family. It's a little later and I'll be like, oh, I'll stay up, watch a little bit. But mm-hmm. neither of us were around during the 70s and 80s during that time. Right. And so, you know, when I was like researching everything just about the Blues Brothers, I found it interesting, like the original name of the Blues Brothers. You know whose idea that was? Who? It was Howard Shore, who's a composer. He's made music for like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. And I thought that oh. was just so so crazy that like, I don't know, it's kind of random that it was Howard Shore who uh, made the name. So and I saw it was right, right around that time, too, in the 70s and 80s. Um, I, I never knew. I, I didn't even know that. That I didn't know. I didn't I didn't know <laughs> Howard Shore had 
involvement of like of of creating the Blues Brothers. I mean, obviously, when I think of the Blues Brothers, I always think of John Belushi and Dan Ack and Dan Aykroyd, especially with yeah. Saturday Night Live. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up too. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think Howard Shore was involved with the movie at, at one. I don't think. No, I don't think so. I think it was just like a thing where they were sitting down somewhere, like wherever, and there's like talking about stuff. I was like, yeah, Blues Brothers. It's like, that's a great name, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't see anything about him, you know, being involved in the movie and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't see him, although uh, the composer, although the music composer uh, for the Blues Brothers was, um, well, actually, technically, I mean, I guess you could say, although I guess you could say, like, I mean, whoever's, I mean, I guess you could say, like, you, you have different music, but in the yeah. credits, but in the credits, like in the opening credits, like you see uh, Ira Newborn's name in the opening yeah. cre- in the opening credits, like of like who's involved with the music. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and then, but also like you said, then you have like all these other artists like uh, Cab Calloway, Ray Charles, James Brown, and like th- those are all people with their own songs and stuff like that, which is. Also, one of my favorite parts about the Blues Brothers movie, Mark, is the cameos in it and the artists and musicians that are in the movie and how they're funny in it, too. They're just like stepping out of their kind of comfort zone in a way that, you know, they're just musicians, but they're acting in in these ones. So, right. And um, on top of that, and on top of that, uh, on top of that, um, John Belushi, John Belushi, um, actually, John Belushi is a musician himself. In his uh, like in his time like right, right prior to the Blues Brothers like he he started his own band a while back. Yeah, is the movie like kind of like a like his band in a way that it's like kind of reflects him? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, but, but for what I know, but from what I know, like like this is the but with Blues Brothers, this is the this is like the this is the role this is like the role that that made him famous. Yeah, yeah, this role and definitely animal was Animal House before it though. Yeah, so Animal that House one. was before that. But you know, every every you know uh, actor actress, you you need one or two. You can't just have one big movie. You need two big movies to make it big time. So this was definitely the one that probably made him you know really big, and of course SNL getting popular too, mm-hmm. like you said. So yeah, and yeah. John Belushi actually, uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Um, they actually both got their start with Second City as well. Second City is the uh, comedy, is the comedy, is like the comedy club, similar to SNL, but it's like one of those like, it's one of those like clubs or groups where um, it leads you up to, um, leads you up to SNL. And that's where like John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd got their start too. Hmm, nice. John Belushi, um, he, he, he went to college, he actually went to college with DuPage and the school in Wheaton that is actually called Wheaton Central. Yeah. Oh wow. Did but, was it Dan Aykroyd? Did he do go to COD or was it just Belushi? Belushi. Belushi. Uh, yeah. Dan Aykroyd was, I believe, Dan Aykroyd is Canadian. Oh okay. Yeah. 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 And um, I mean, I find it amazing too because, like, knowing the fact that one 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 of the most well known, like one of the one of the most well known celebrities grew up in our own backyard isn't that amazing isn't yeah. that amazing yeah i mean we both have probably multiple people that you know go to cod went to cod and everything like that so it's cool to see that and i know cod they really do like to show um show off his work there and things like that mm-hmm. um 
they just did like a whole like artist thing with like the Andy Warhol exhibit and John Belushi was one of them. So yeah, I, I, story on that at work. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the theater, in fact, the theater, uh, the theater is named after him too. Although, although Jim Belushi, Jim Belushi, John's brother was also involved with, with this too, mm -hmm. with, with, yeah. the, with the theater as well. But, but the name itself, like you get the Belushi, it's the Belushi theater at the college of DuPage. It's, magnificent i really yeah. really love the theater and i am having the college of DuPage named name a theater after the brother after the brothers i mean that's a that's a high honor right there that is yeah definitely i'm sure the family loves that too and they're honored to have that after you know their either son or brother whoever it may be so yeah, yeah. but unfortunately i mean it is sad too that his career cut short after um blues brother after the blues brothers i mean yeah and it, it even touching on like you know his stuff at the blues brothers like on set and stuff like that i know like the movie had to be pushed back because he was struggling with his addictions and stuff like that with with cocaine too and stuff so i mean mm -hmm. that's why you know it was kind of tough because the movie was being pushed back and then everyone the actresses like dan Aykroyd, they were trying to help him and stuff so mm -hmm. yeah it it was it's, it was tough too. I mean, like this is like one of his last. This is one of his last movies, and 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 in nineteen eighty two, nineteen eighty two is when he uh, passed away due to a drug over the drug overdose. That was a it was a drug overdose that took a that took a huge effect on him in nineteen eighty two, and it's real sad too. Like he had a he had a very good promising career and. Mm -hmm. He's not the only he's I mean, I actually want to say this. I actually want to give a moment. of. I actually want to give a moment of silence for um, not only John Belushi, but all the other actors who are involved with this movie too. Cab Calloway, Carrie Fisher, Ray Charles, anybody, anybody involved with this movie. I want to give a moment of silence. OK, yeah. There's so many recognizable actors that you see in this movie. Well, besides John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, Cab Calloway, you mentioned Cab Calloway. And then yeah. Carrie Fisher was in this movie too. I know. And she's in a crazy role in this movie as well. The, yeah. Her role in this movie is like the mystery woman, but it's like her, uh, John Belushi's, uh, or Jake's like ex. former fiance, ex pretty much. Yeah, trying to kill him in any way possible. So yeah, yeah. But like you said, like Carrie Fisher, this is before um she became uh, famous and everything, correct? Well, actually, um, right this after? is actually uh, she did Star Wars before um Blues Brothers, and then actually, funny enough, this uh Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back came out the same year as the Blues Brothers, which was which nineteen eighty. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, and yeah, her role like the first time you meet her, she's just rpgs the front door <laughs> and things like that so yeah, um, yeah. i yeah. mean here's the thing like you mentioned rpg like the destruction that she just made but in, but in but i like how you mentioned that because there is so much destruction going on in this movie like this is not this is not cgi this is like you're seeing the real deal in yeah. this movie yeah and there's the build like Later on, the same type of thing. She's with the car under the L, and then she blows up the entire building. And another funny part about the movie is just the humor. I think the humor just matches what I think's like funny and stuff like that. 
and uh the cops are about to go arrest you know jake and elwood inside their apartment yeah and the whole entire building blows up and then you know they're laying down they get out the bricks jake and elwood was like it's 9 a.m we're late (laughs) they act like nothing happened (laughs) oh man i'll tell you this right now i'm gonna tell you this right now i like i'm gonna tell you this right now they would not survive that but um, given the fact that this was filmed, knowing the fact that I'm pretty sure everything was like uh, props and all, probably yeah. probably fake material that they probably used out there, like they gotta add in the sound effects. Like you can definitely tell this is, you can yeah, definitely no. tell this is all props and made up for the movie. And then the sound effects that is some very good use because in real life, that they would be dead. They would be dead. Oh yeah, there's multiple moments where you're like, well, if this was real life. Well, that's movies, though, right, Mark? I mean, right. it's all about, you know, making it for comedy or for the action and everything. But also, you just, it's, we're talking about the destruction. And I was looking, the movie went over $10 million over budget. And yeah. for 1980, that's a lot of money. That's even more. $10 million's a lot right now, but that's even more um, back then. So right. there's so much destruction between, you know, blowing up the buildings and then, like, cop cars crashing everywhere, the Bluesmobile mm-hmm. crashing into places like that so even the, yeah. even the whole entire scene of going at the the mall that's in i forget what exact town but it's not too far from us here yeah the, I, oh, I forgot what it, i i forgot what it was but i actually would definitely get into that but i will say this like the budget was like 27.5 million dollars that's the final budget yeah and i'm going to tell you this right now this will not cost 27.5 million dollars today no in fact I read something. In fact, on uh, Wikipedia, I looked into like the production segment. I scrolled down, and the, the budget was twenty seven point point five million. But according to twenty twenty two, it would be ninety eight million dollars in twenty twenty two. Yeah, big difference. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I was predicting at least a hundred million, and I was like, I was like two million dollars off. Dang, there you go. <laughs> I, I just found it. It was the the mall they destroyed was in Harvey, Illinois. So, not too far, you know. Yeah, not too Don't... far. Not too not too far from here. In fact, like each town in this movie, it feels like it's not too far from where we are. Most notably, yeah. um, Chicago, Harvey, and Joliet. Yeah, the prison, and it's cool. Um, I got to visit the prison that that was filmed in, and like multiple other you know films and shows have been filled in i went to illinois state and there's like this group from illinois state who's trying to like revive that prison down in joliet and make it like kind of open for the public in a way so yeah like a museum yeah kind of yeah so we went there last uh last summer and it was just cool to walk through like where the film was and you know they told talked to us about uh the movie and where they filmed like the jailhouse rock scene it wasn't actually in the jailhouse it was in the it was in the jail property, but it was in their gymnasium, not in the cafeteria. Um, that's <laughs> not really fun. known. So that that's a fun fact. That's not yeah. really known. Um, yeah, it's actually funny yeah, that you said cool. that too, because um, um, the Home Alone movie. I don't know if you've seen the Have you seen the first Home Alone movie? Yeah, yeah. You know the there's another fun fact too. Like the the interior of the house was filmed at New Trier High School. Oh, the interior of the house, yeah. The interior, all like the inside part of the house. Yeah. Huh. It's all filmed at, it's like the interior of the house is filmed at New Trier High School. And that's another, I thought this would be another yeah. part of that too. Yeah. 
I, I didn't and, think that, I mean, going back to Blues Brothers, I didn't think the jailhouse rock scene would be in a gymnasium because it looks like, because on the inside, it definitely looks like, it's basically the, um, how do I say this? Like the lunchroom. It's basically the lunchroom yeah. sequence. Yeah, it pretty much is. It's like, it's still on the, you know, the jail campus too and everything like that. So they didn't yeah. like go anywhere else, which like you would maybe think they would, but no, they did it. Did it right yeah. there. So, yeah. Right. So anyway, so, uh, going, going to like to the production of the movie, like going back a little, go, go, backtracking a little bit. Um, uh, I mentioned Dan Aykroyd was obviously Dan Aykroyd was um was Elwood Blues, but he also co-wrote the script with director John Landis for for this movie. The script was like incomplete, so like, so I don't know like the entire outcome of the whole of how they put this movie together, but I will say this. The movie speaks for itself. Yeah, it really does. And I'm pretty sure um, didn't Aykroyd, he wrote up a script and it was just really, really long compared to normal scripts. And that was the first thing he's ever, first time he ever written a script. And yeah. so, you know, it, it is kind of funny to see how the movie turned out. And like, that kind of seems to be like Dan Aykroyd, the type of person he is and the type of humor he kind of is in the music. He also loves and yeah. things like that. He wanted the people, the musicians. He, I know he really wanted to have these, you know, big time celebrities, which I think after the fact, it might have had some negative things in terms of money or whatever. Not exactly yeah. sure. Because the film went over budget, too. Like, yeah. I mean, you already mentioned. I mean, obviously, obviously, I, th I think you, I believe you and I already covered that. You said it yeah. was like $10 million over budget. Yeah, we did. Yep, we covered that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is amazing, too, because, um, like, the overall execution of this is particularly from Universal, because Universal um, uh, got this, got the rights to this film after, yeah. like, during a bidding, during a bidding war. And this was, like, after uh, Animal House. Yeah. Um, then then the Animal House, um, Belushi coming into you know, the Blues Brothers, I think it was a good transition for them. It was like kind of a similar type of movie with Animal House mm -hmm. and the Blues Brothers, but it seems, uh, I don't know, he enjoyed working with Dan Aykroyd really a lot, so. Yeah. Yeah. And another really, another really big good. cameo. What'd you say? What's that? Wait, what'd you say? I was going to ask about uh, another big funny cameo at the end of the movie. You know, did you, who's in the, the tax office? Oh, yes. Uh, Steven yeah. Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, which is so funny. It's another like time you're like, wait, who's that? <laughs> that is yeah, Steven like, Spielberg. Like, like Steven Spielberg played the, uh, uh, the Cook County clerk at the top of the building. Is at the top of that. But I, it's not the Willis Tower or Sears Tower. It's a different, I believe it's a different, it's a different. Yeah, it's the courthouse. It's the courthouse, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, too. <laughs> Because um, it's funny too. Because like uh, Steven Spielberg was also coming off of some pretty big movies too. Mm -hmm. Like he came off of Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I believe during that time he was working on the first Indiana Jones movie and and the ET movie as well. Yeah, so it's like I wonder how you know and why he became a part of this movie. Do you know that, or is it just kind of unknown? Well. <laughs> I read that uh, John Landis and Steven Spielberg, they were actually buddies at the time. And, um, and during, and like during, like during their time and like during their time, 
like back in the back in the seventies and the early eighties, um, uh, Landis and Spielberg cameoed in each other's films. And from what I read, um, John Landis made a cameo appearance in one of Spielberg's movies. I forgot what the movie was. I think it it was a movie. I, I forgot what the movie was, but it yeah. also had John Belushi in it as well. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was 1941. I think. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it probably was. Yeah, it was 1940. Yeah, 1941. Yeah. And uh, so you're right. You knew it. <laughs> what? You knew it. You're right. Yeah, Landis uh, and uh, Landis. I'm I'm pretty sure it was Landis who made that cam made a cameo appearance in that movie. Because John Belushi was in that movie, I'm actually surprised he was in. I was I was actually surprised he was in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we kind of go to? Let's see. Talk about. And actually, just to cut just to cut this part short between Spielberg and Landis, uh, they actually cut ties with each other in 1982 when uh when Twilight Zone the movie came in after the whole helicopter accident happened. Oh, I didn't know that. So they, they never really talked after? No, they actually cut ties after that. Yeah. Because yeah. Landis was involved with a segment that um that actually Landis did a segment that involved a helicopter that ha that actually had a helicopter accident that happened on set. Yeah, cool. So yeah. should we talk about you know, I feel like we should talk about the type of enemies there are in this movie, you know? Yes. How many different type of enemies there are in this movie? And starting off, of course, it's like the police and then right, you, you kind of police the um yeah the, i'm pretty sure it's the entire well the state you got the entire police the, the the police force and i'm pretty sure the state troopers as well yeah state troopers you got the army you got the national guard national the guard you then, also have um you also have this cowboy band group the good old yeah. boys the good old boys <laughs> and bob you're the, from good old, you're the good old um, boys bob's country bunker you got bob too he's another guy and then you also have the Illinois Nazi Party. Who's oh my goodness! Yes, <laughs> and uh, Henry Gibson and uh, Henry Gibson played the the main uh, yeah the, the leader the leader of the Illinois Nazis in the, in that movie. It's so weird because he voices Wilbur and Charlotte's Web. So it's yes. like yeah, he's Wilbur, but then he's a Nazi. It's like what, what? <laughs> a little little bit of little difference there. Mm -hmm. So I yeah, mean, character then, character wise, I mean yeah. like character wise in the in move in the movie yeah that's what i mean yeah it's a crazy yeah. difference and then yeah, it's a crazy you know, difference too and i know they don't appear i know the Illinois nazis like they only appeared for at least uh, a few scenes i mean but mm -hmm. they really they really wanted to track down the car that uh juliet and julia jake and elwood blues were driving in because uh they were about to be ran over yeah, they're going on the bridge. And I saw that scene was actually filmed for some reason in Milwaukee, that scene was. So over the bridge, just I guess they really wanted that bridge for some reason. Yeah. So random little fact. But yeah, and then everyone else is just very happy they got kicked out the bridge and because they were blocking up the road. Yeah. So, but then they get back to Chicago. They're like, we're going to get this guy. We're going to kill him. And then uh, <laughs> they get the Bluesmobile and just easily out maneuver him and yeah. things like that. I also saw they had multiple Bluesmobiles, you know, purchased their cars that look like it for this movie, too. Yeah. And this this well, car, the car that they car. had was a 1974 Dodge. It was a 1974 Dodge Sudan. It was a black and white car that it actually looks like basically the police car from Mount Prospect. And. I'm gonna be honest with you. Who really sells police cars in Mount Prospect? I mean, 
don't know. We would have to ask them, but I'm, it, it, I know it used to be pretty common where, you know, uh, police stations would just sell their old p- vehicles. That's why you always see, you know, people driving the old cop cars mm-hmm. around and stuff like that. So that's probably why. Yeah. I mean, it's just a question. Like, cause I'm like, I'm trying to figure out why would the city of Mount Prospect sell a, a 1974 uh, Dodge, uh, Dodge, I think it was a Sudan, but I, I'm pretty sure it was a Monaco as well. But yeah. Um, yeah. because that's obviously it's a police car and I'm just wondering why would they sell that? But I mean, but yeah. I, I guess it's, I mean, I guess it's, it's probably a thing. Yeah. And then, I'm I'm reading up on this right here. It used 13 different cars bought from the California California Highway Patrol to replicate the 1974 Mount Prospect car. I mean, uh, I haven't I've not been up to Mount Prospect, but it's not too far for where we are, is it? No, no, yeah, it's not not too far at all. I think it's a little more closer to Chicago. Let me yeah pull it up on my maps real quick. But yeah, that's us, like like we've been talking about, like the cool part about this move here, us here in Naperville. It's like it's just close by. So. Exactly. Same with Joliet as well. Like Joliet, like I like Joliet. I live, like I live near the Bolingbroke border, and like if you and it and Bolingbroke does crawl crawl into uh, Joliet too, because if you yeah. like take um, like you could definitely take different roads south to uh, Joliet. Hmm. Yeah, Mount Prospect's uh, a little north from around Naperville. It's probably, what, like an hour? 40 minutes, 45 minutes? Sounds about right. So, yeah, sounds sounds about right. right. Oh, um, I want to go back to Joliet for a sec because um, the film's opening, I will say this, the film's opening. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the best introductions that I've ever seen. Yeah, I love how quiet it is. I love the refinery stacks, you know, of Joliet mm-hmm. shining down and things like that. I when I went to I went to Illinois State, so I'd always drive down I fifty five and see all those refinery stacks, and I always think of the Blues Brothers movie. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and it's all quiet for like three minutes, and then he goes to walk up to the gate, and you know, he gets his stuff and he's out and he's like, what the hell yeah. is this blue mobile? What happened he to the Cadillac? Stuff from, he has to like, you know, he has to like, get his stuff, but also like sign a, I think it's a, I think it's like a contract or a waiver or something. Mm-hmm. I, and actually there's another cameo. There's another cameo in this movie. Uh, also Star Wars related. Um, yeah. Like Carrie Fisher, uh, Frank Oz, who, who voiced Yoda in, in the original Star Wars trilogy, including the prequel movies as well, he makes a cameo appearance as the as the guy as one of, as one of the as one of the officers at the front desk. Yeah, in the opening that's scene. cool. And he had some funny lines too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, going through uh, Jake's stuff and things like that. And another time when I was at the Joliet prison, it was just cool to see, you know, like all the what the prison looked like when it was uh, up and running a little bit and things like that. And so, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, and then after that moment, like especially when uh, Elwood shows up, because actually, uh, if you look closely, like you just you see like like the drawings or tattoo, or I don't know if it's a yeah. tattoo or the writings on their knuckles that said that really that says Elwood and J- Jake. Yeah, you can see it on their knuckles. Yeah, and then when when Jake comes out of the prison, you know, it's like behind him, there's like this shining light that's kind of like signaling that he's finally you know free and i think that's when you know 
what this whole movie is about. It's like he's on a mission from God, right? That's what yeah, he says. That's, the, the, that's the whole theme in this movie. We're on a yeah. mission for God. So I think that's when his mission starts. Is like you got this bright light shining behind him as he's leaving the gates of you know the prison, and mm-hmm. he starts his mission to go you know find his peace and you know redeem himself for why he was maybe in prison for the first time. Yeah. So, yeah. I th- I mean I. I completely forgot why he what why he was in prison in the first place, but I did hear that. Um, I think it was from one of the band members. Mention, I think Elwood mentioned that Jake was standing up for the band. For yeah, what reason, for what reason? It was probably money issues or something. I completely forgot. But... Yeah, money. That sounds that sounds about right because yeah, it, he did. Elwood did say that Jake, you know. Because the band members are like, why would we get back together when you owe us money? And then Elwood's like, oh, well, he's the one who got you guys out of this, didn't get you in jail. And that's why he was in jail. So, yeah, yeah. like you said. And it's not, I don't think they exactly say what he did, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Also. But but I do like how, like, all many, most of the band members, like, most of the band members really like Jake and, mm-hmm. uh, and the, fact that Elwood doesn't keep it keep in touch with them really shows that Jake really cares for the band while Elwood well I, I would say Elwood cares for Jake but he doesn't really care much about the band when he when Jake was in prison yeah like that was Jake's you know like only hope they talk about it in the car you know Elwood's like I'm I wasn't lying I'm just bsing you you know <laughs> um and that's like kind of true because you Elwood needed him needed to tell or needed to not tell Jake that the band was you know not there anymore because then Jake would have no motivation or things like that but then yeah exactly I mean it's it's sad too like especially for Jake like Jake got through was locked up for a long time not knowing that his band was gonna that his band that he that he and Elwood put together were gonna separate from each other Mm -hmm. and um, not write to him as well yeah I know. And then kind of how they go to find the band too and everything like that. So I guess they leave the prison, right? And then they go to see the penguin. The penguin the or the, the nun. The, the, well, <laughs> the it's the nun, but they call but uh Elwood calls it calls her the penguin calls her the penguin. Well according well, according to the car car conversation that they yeah, had. Yeah, to the movie, and, that's what the, they call and, her. And Jake Jake was like, So I lied. You can't lie to a nun. <laughs> and then they keep swearing and then the nun keeps yes. smacking that's another funny part that's a total like 1980 like humor scene right there you know yes yes because um, <laughs> jake and uh, jake and elwood go upstairs and i like the the whole setting behind it like they walk inside and it's pretty eerie too it's very eerie as well because well i guess you could say from the perspective of jake like he hasn't been in he hasn't been inside like he hasn't seen the the penguin for a very long long time so you're probably wondering oh no like believe yeah. me like you know like it's kind of like like it's like you're you're trying to like get back into like the faith like whether like catholic faith or christian faith it's mm-hmm. like it's been a long time since he stepped away from that how like what reaction are you gonna get yeah i think he didn't want to go in there at all <laughs> it's like you said he he lied that he didn't want to go, but that all kind of leads to, you know, what the movie has been all about, like mm-hmm. the mission on God. And so, yeah, and I like how, um, and I also like how, um, 
how like when they both went up there to see the penguin who's being played by Kathleen Freeman um she, like at first like she 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 she's happy to see the two again and mm-hmm. and of course um and, and announce and tells them that the orphanage is going to be uh shut down it's going to be sold it's going to be it's going to be sold and uh, she's going to be going to like different locations and in fact um I believe in the uh, I watched the director's cut of this. She 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 was she was talking about like the different locations that she was gonna be talking about. Um, one of them was Africa. The other one I believe it was, if I remember correctly, what she said Latin. I think it was Latin America, and then um, Korea. I I think it was North or South Korea. I can't remember. I can't. I I remember her saying saying like the different locations. Yeah. Yeah. And. and and the price for her to get the money for the orphanage was five thousand dollars. And and when Jake hears five thousand dollars, he's like, "Great, five thousand dollars. We'll get that. We'll get that for you in the morning. Come on, Elwood." Yeah, he's like, "No, that's easy." And then she's like, "No, no, no. I don't want your dirty money." That's exactly what she says. And it's like, "Yeah, well, yeah. Mean, she's a nun. Yeah, she's exactly. not going to want that." Jake, Jake and Elwood cannot steal the money. That's like one of the. That's like one of the commandments. Uh, Thou shall not steal. Yep, exactly. And, and then they go downstairs. You know, they get thrown down because Jake was like, "Well, I guess you're up the creek then." Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then it does. She does the little thing where, like, she get she just like drags back where it looks like she's, you know, like I don't even know how do you describe it. <laughs> I think is I think I I could definitely I got a feeling they use uh they you they probably use the dolly and some string. But it's very yeah, it's hidden very well throughout this movie yeah. for for all yeah. the door slamming scene for all the door slamming shots in this uh, mm-hmm. in the orphanage including the uh, including the penguin herself and yeah. even before that she says don't come back until you redeem yourselves yeah definitely and then they go downstairs you know to see like um it's Cab Calloway who's mm-hmm. like the kind of like father figure janitor type guy who's been there you know his whole life and things like that and yeah. you know that was, that was good for them to reconnect that's probably who you know both jake and elwood that's like who they've looked up to probably the most their entire life so being yeah growing up in an orphanage and stuff like that yeah because they all grew up in new york they all grew up in new orphanage they all had a drink and then uh cab calloway mentioned uh, uh, cab, cab cab uh oh what was his he had a name in this movie there was a, he his name he had a name in that movie yeah um he, his name like curtis 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 there you go curtis like curtis like mentioned like yep yep like the orphanage is gonna be sold i'm gonna be out on the street yep and like when they heard that too especially like well can't be doing that to like our father figure curtis <laughs> yeah can't yeah. can't it can't do that to can't do that to cab Calloway. i mean no. But um, I'm actually glad that I'm. A, but I'm actually glad that um, I'm actually glad that he he got a few more scenes too. Where especially the uh, especially his musical number because he had oh, a musical yeah. number that because that, that's a real life musical number that Cab Calloway also wrote too. But um, mm-hmm. but also um, but I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But um, jo- Jake and Elwood they're trying to redeem themselves. They go they go they go to church. I oh, think yeah. this is a, a church in I, I know it's somewhere in Chicago, but but like but inside the church, uh, the pastor um 
Well, actually, past the past the pastor in that church is uh, James Brown. <laughs> Another big uh, artist or musician, the Reverend Clevis, or Clevis, yeah. something like that. Yeah, the Reverend Reverend. Yeah, yeah, and they sing and, the 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 score of Old Landmark. I don't know, something like I that. For, for the song they do, but it, it gets them all hyped up, and that's where we see, you know. Where the everything that's come down to it, like the mission on God, he sees the light. Yeah, the light shines <laughs> down on Jake, and it's over the top, but it's but it's so good too. Yeah, this is also added to uh, music from because El- Elmer Bernstein also did the music for when the light was shining on on Jake, and that was a pretty that's a that's yeah. a, an exciting moment. Well, actually, even before that, Jake Jake tells Jake and El- Jake doesn't even want to go inside the church, but I was like. Well, you gotta make the path of redemption. You gotta go to church. You gotta make a path of redemption. You gotta go to church. Oh my goodness! All right, all right. <laughs> Elwood's like, "What's going on out there?" Not even, not that. He's like, "What do you? What's happening?" He's like, "I see the light." He's like, "The band." The band. The band. Yes. The band. <laughs> the band. <laughs> and then they both finally see the light together, mm-hmm. and they both dance and start, you know, going together. And everyone's all just having a great time, you know. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's why I love the time. movie. The music's so good. The music, the music's awesome. And I don't like musicals. Like I really don't like. I, I love I love rock music, you know, and blues, country, or you know. Yeah. But so, even this movie, this movie is a musical of itself. Like this is a this yeah, is, it like, is like it's like this is like this is like a musical. Like when you think of musicals, you think of like movie adaptations based on popular uh, popular uh, theater shows. Yeah, but this one, there was not even a theater show for that. This is based on a popular SNL sketch, and yeah. this was brought brought to life. Then this was brought yeah. to life with a, with John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, John Landis, everybody involved in this movie. Like it's amazing. Yeah, it really is, and that scene's one of the awesome parts of it too. And yeah, the, you know, artists, musicians coming in for it. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> but. So yeah, after their so after their mat so basically after church they all the two drive off into the sunset and um obviously I already mentioned that uh, Jake and Jake Jake and Elwood already talked about like the band being split up but this leads up to um them this leads up to the two being pulled over by the police yeah and that pulls over in the funny part about this movie and like connecting it with my life is like. Like they takes his license. He's like, "Ah, oh, we'll be good. He won't. They don't know anything." He's like, "Nah, they got scamads." <laughs> yeah. And like scamads, it's like how you could run your, you know, uh, a license through a system now in the '80s or early late '70s. That was new, mm-hmm. where you could, you know, see someone has some license suspended. And so whenever I'm with my mom now, like driving, we see a cop car. He's like, "Oh, there's the scamads." Even <laughs> though it's like that doesn't have anything really to do with it where i was like oh there are the scumbags (laughs) well well technically uh elwood calls them uh you rollers like the police yeah rollers rollers rollers. fuzz the fuzz like yeah there's the fuzz too like you hear different slangs from Mm -hmm. from the two like this is like like this is from way back like you like you do how to describe like how to just how to describe a person place thing or an object like yeah. or like the police rollers or the fuzz the joint which is another name to call yeah. which is a slang for uh prison <laughs> that yeah it's like that jake through that jake even throughout but but the reason why they're being chased 
was not because of the light, not just because of the license, but also because the light was yellow. In the way, uh, like how many parking tickets and violations he has too. And so it is kind of funny the way uh, he finally does get caught because he's had like 50 plus violations of parking and like other traffic violations and things yeah. like that. But the light was definitely yellow, like you said, Mark. So it's like, I don't, if I was watching it, if I was a cop, I don't know if I'm even pulling him over for that one. So yeah, I mean, I when think we find our first like villain, not villain, our first like uh, enemy for the Blues yes. Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Besides yeah. Carrie Fisher, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think Carrie Fisher. I mean, Carrie Fisher is a good addition too, as well. But, yeah. but even like when um Elwood was Elwood's license being taken away, like he floors it, man. Like he he floors it. He 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 drives away from the cops, which is a big red flag, by the way. Big red flag, by yeah. the way. Yeah, that's different. Like in the eighties, maybe they'd chase them, but like nowadays, you never see cops really chase people anymore either. And so that leads them through this entire chase through a mall in, you know, uh, yeah. Harvey, Illinois, that destroys. It seems like in that mall, like the Blues Brothers and the cops are just like trying to destroy as many stores yeah. as they possibly can, just because why not? And like, let's just spend more money on our movie. <laughs> yeah. First, first you lied to me about the band. Then you traded the blues mobile for a microphone, yeah. and now you're gonna put me back in the. You're gonna put me right back in the joint. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great line. That's a, so many great lines in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> right I completely forgot that Elwood traded traded the the original blues mobile for for a microphone. Is it the big microphone on top of their car, or is it a different microphone? I think it's a different. Oh, actually, I I see. That's I, another part that I thought about when I watched the movie recently. I was like. Is it that big microphone or is it just a, you know, like a music microphone? They never say. So it's like, no, they never it say. makes you think that maybe that moment in beginning of the movie is like foreshadowing that like, oh, this microphone helps them promote, you know, the final scene in the movie or final music scene. Yeah. So, but yeah, and, yeah, that is funny. They trade away their yeah. their love car for a microphone. <laughs> I like how Jake was like, okay, I can see that. But even then during that whole chase, it's just, like, like you gotta appreciate the stunt coronation in this. Like, all like you gotta appreciate the stunt coronation. Yeah. Like, it doesn't get that. It doesn't get enough credit nowadays, but it it should. But it really should. Yeah, so many different cars, you know, destroyed and things like that. And they're really dedicated with how many cop cars they are following. You know, them not only in that chase, but the final chase too, as well. So the final, yeah, chase. the stunts in this, and yeah, the stunts are pretty crazy. And mm -hmm. um, just make sure you they got them all right and they did because mm -hmm. there's really not a lot of special effects yeah there's i mean especially for a film that came out in 1980 although special effects they were there at the time but i but but i believe cgi was starting to become a thing around that period too like it was yeah. starting to like build upon itself as well but okay. um but even after the chase like elwood and jake they go they go to this apartment where um obviously gets destroyed by carrie fisher because uh, <laughs> Carrie Fisher is like the second, um, the se well second enemy to come in, yeah. To the fold. And then, and and then um, I like how um, you meant you mentioned that uh, Elwood changed his address, right? Yeah, yeah, changed it to Wrigley Field. That's one yes, of my favorite. I parts. literally, yeah, it was That's like a ten. It was like West Addison, West Addison, ten sixty, ten sixty West Addison. And, it was like, and then it doesn't only doesn't only get the cops but it gets the illinois nazi party too as well in the movie so it fools two different enemies for uh, elwood so proper thinking out of him for yeah. that one 
And then yeah. uh, obviously Jake's enemy was obviously his uh, ex fiance, but technically Jake was his own enemy too. Yeah, yeah, like he kind of did that to himself, and then he got himself in you know jail in in a way, and yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but even Elwood, Elwood left his own job. Like he he had to he had to leave his own job just to like help get the band back together. I mean, but he lied to to his boss saying I'm going to become a priest, and I can't yeah. believe he bought that. He bought that too. Yeah, <laughs> and the way they you know after kind of go to get the band back together and the way they you know it's some are easier to convince than others especially in the way that each one's done and humor wise you know and the different type of people inside the band as well like the different class of people and you know mm -hmm. styles of people too so yeah and um yeah it's also nice to see the band too like you got donald dog like donald dog's done is one of the was one of the band members you got i believe mm -hmm. lou marini too yeah, they're all original. They're all their names, you know, in the movie. They're their original names. Um, they're not like the crazy well-known musicians like the Cab Calloways and the Ray Charles in the movies, Aretha right. Franklin. But yeah, they're they're well-known, you know, musicians and players, uh, drum players, music, guitar players, excuse me. And yeah, stuff guitar like players. And then some of the jazz music, some of the jazz musicians too. Um, you got Matt's Guitar Murphy, uh, Mr. Mm -hmm. Fabulous, Mr. Fabulous, Alan Rubin. You got Willie Too Big Hall, Tom Bones Malone, Donald Duck Dunn, Murphy Dunn, Steve the Colonel Cropper, and then there's yeah. probably a couple couple of other members too. But those are some of the names. Yeah, and uh, my my favorite one is uh, well, let's kind of go in order. Who's the first person they get? They go to see the um the man. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was Lou Marie. Marv and the Magnetones? What? Marv. They go see Marv and the Magnetones, right? They see yeah. that band group. So they go pick them up all together. They're in their silky, you know, outfits. And Jake or Jake, yeah, Jake's like, what the hell are you guys doing out here with your silky <laughs> outfits on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and of course, I mean, obviously, Elwood said, well, Jake's on parole. He just got out of Joliet. Yeah, he's like, why should we join back the band? He still owes, that's what we were just talking about. He still owes money. And then it's like, well, he's the one who didn't get you guys in jail either. So yeah. they were able to get him um, or that group of guys with the Marvin and the Magnetones. But then they're like, well, no way you're going to get Mr. Fabulous and uh, I think Murph. Yeah, McIntyre yeah. Murphy as well. Yeah, so they, go, because, uh, they got Mr. Fabulous from that restaurant, from that very fancy restaurant. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's rest. I'm pretty sure that restaurant's still there. And that's in like, uh, downtown Chicago, and I think it's the yeah. same restaurant where uh, Ferris Bueller went to in in that movie as well. Yeah, I feel like it is because I mean they look very similar, you know, from the outside and inside, and both both scenes, you know, kind of stick in your head from uh, you know, like funny little comedy scenes from mm -hmm. Chicago areas. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's like. And the way I feel like Blues Brothers and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like those are like a couple of examples of like love of love letter to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and so yeah, they finally, yeah they finally um, are able to get Mister Fabulous and everything like that. But they got to get the last person, and it's always the hardest to convince the the husband with the wife, you know. Yes, and yes, and like that's that, in... they that's in like how do I say that? How how am I gonna describe it? Like this this is like where um 
John Lee Hooker was at. Because this is the area where John Lee Hooker was singing too mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, the bow, 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 bow. That one, right? <laughs> that one, yes. That one. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a good moment bow, bow, too. Bow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another person who doesn't get much time in the movie or mm-hmm. as much, but he gets that one song and it's a nice little transition from them, transition of scenes, right? Going into a new different neighborhood, different uh type of people and stuff like that there. And so they go inside and they order their usual, right? They get Jake. Um, you know, first you do Elwood, he's like, I'll take some toast. <laughs> he's like, all right, you want some jam or butter with that, honey? He's like, no, dry. <laughs> dry. And then uh, Jake was like, El- yeah, what do you say? Jake was like, four fried, chi- four fried chicken, please, and a Coke. And then she's like, would you like that uh, legs or wings? Four fried chicken, please. Four fried chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and funny when they go in there. Actually, what's amazing too, like, th- like this is Aretha Franklin that they're that the two are talking to. Yeah, yeah, and I don't. Do you know was she ever like an actor? Really? Do you know Aretha Franklin? Um, she's a she's a popular singer too. Oh yeah, she's really really popular singer. So I know and, that. Um, I I think she also she she had. I think she. I believe she was an actor too. Like she's an actor. Too. I believe she's an actor too. Like, like. I mean, this is the only film that I know that she's in. Uh, yeah. I mean, at least from my point, at least from my point of view. But um, same here. Like, I don't. I haven't seen really anything else with her, so it's just funny. Yeah. And then they, they, going back to like the movie, um, when she goes to give it to Guitar Murphy, she's like, they want plain toast and three whole fried chickens. He's like, what are they? They came in here with their looking like the cia yeah she set, says the orders he's like oh that's jake oh that i know these it. guys they're the blues brothers <laughs> yeah. there was he was super excited to see him and so and then aretha franklin tries to do everything she can to not have you know her husband leave and start singing think you better, you better think, think, you think. Know what I, mean. yep. <laughs> I love that yeah, song. that's a good that's a good song too because because sure the you most were, popular lyric the, the the most popular lyric in in that song is freedom freedom freedom, yeah. freedom. you hear that all the time yeah in like commercials you hear that movies and stuff like that so yeah i'm sure when you were watching it were you snapping your thumb i was snapping a little bit um uh, <laughs> i wasn't snapping i wasn't re- i wasn't snapping but i was just listen i was just i was just listening i was just yeah I, having I, a good time right play. yeah <laughs> And actually, um, what's also funny too is that um, Murphy wasn't the only band member inside that restaurant. Inside that restaurant, but it was also um, the saxophone player too. Yeah, and then he was like trying to be a nice guy because uh, he stayed in there when uh, Murphy left with the Bruce Brothers, and he was like, "Aretha's like, come on, go on, like, don't you, don't you be here, go on with them. I know you want to go," which was nice yeah. of her. <laughs> so that was nice of a re- yeah and then the band's yeah. back together all the, the yeah. band is back together and um they decided to like you know go in for a bite jake's trying to get trying to to make a phone call but unfortunately that phone call that phone call was cut short because uh, carrie fisher came back with a flame thro- with a flamethrower yeah. princess leia coming out of nowhere <laughs> pretty much as close as you can to a lightsaber a flamethrower probably yes <laughs> <laughs> um oh my goodness yes i mean that's that is probably the best description to say like 
Like you, you have Princess Leia. You have Princess Leia coming in with a flamethrower and, and just like burns that that oxygen tank, which sends uh Joliet Jake and Elwood Blues flying up in the air, and they come back down, break the phone booth, and they got about um probably about seven dollars yeah. worth of coins out of that phone. Yeah, and I don't, it's crazy how they survive. But the funny thing is, like all this stuff that happens, they have no idea who's doing this stuff to them. Like. They're acting like nothing even happened, like that they just got their, you know, phone booths blown up and they had no idea what even happens, you know, when they got their apartment blown up. They're like, oh, that's normal. That's just like <laughs> a typical day for the Blues Brothers, right? Yeah. That's another interesting part. I was like, they never like think about, you know, they just got like blown up like three times already. <laughs> I mean, it's just a regular Tuesday for them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, here's more money for us. So we could go get a little <laughs> bite to eat. Nice little $7 and change. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, this also leads up to another to a scene where uh, the Illinois Nazis, uh, the one of the one of the second in commands, uh, was talking to uh, uh, the leader that Henry Gibson played uh, to tell him that we got the we got the license plate number. It's been going around everywhere. This this car belonged to uh, Elwood Blues. Yeah, and and, and he's Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna get him. We're gonna get him. Oh them. yeah, yeah. They were, they were, they were gonna get him. And they yeah. all met up at Wrigley Field, which is very, which is very funny because, because I didn't, because at one point when I was first time watching it, I was like, what's with that address? Why? What's with the address? Is, is does he have another house over there? But when we got to the scene of Wrigley Field, I was like, no, uh, that's Wrigley Field. How can he <laughs> live inside Wrigley Field? He's like, yeah, maybe you could not. He got him again, just like how he got the cops too before. Yeah, is Elwood the goat or something? I think he is. I think. I mean, Elwood. get it because you, know, you know how you know how Chicago and the goat. You know, you know, you know the whole story: Chicago Cubs and the goats curse yeah. that happened. Oh, yeah, the Billy Goat curse. Oh yeah, I'm a Cubs fan myself, Mark. Mm -hmm. But that curse is no longer in the Billy Goat Tavern, the best best burger you can get in town in Chicago. Another popular sketch right there. Yeah, that is. But actually, I think that's I, I actually actually the sketch is a little different. The name is a little different, but I can get the I get the reference. Yeah, yeah, same. But uh, but we also get to see Bob's country bunker. Yeah, that's when they were like they're kind of. They say they're like three hours of driving and then they get there. And this is definitely just Jake trying to find a place that they could possibly just crash and maybe get a gig from. And so they get there like, um, well, you know, the what is it? The country boys? What's the, uh, good exact old boys. the good old boys? Yeah. They're like, well, we'll be the good old Blues Brothers boys band. <laughs> and and uh, they start they start playing, you know, the, the owner, Bob, loves them or whatever. or Not loves them right away, but, like, when they get there, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. great, great. So they start playing the their chicken normal Because there's, like, this chicken wire. Because you get the chicken wire covering up the entire stage. and Yeah, which is normal. Like, I think the people, like, for that scene, like, throwing stuff at them is, like, usually good. And it can be bad, though. But, like, you yeah. see it. Yeah, I, see, I mean, I, I see it. And when they, when they started to play, like, their own song, yeah. They, the, all the all the all the all the, all the customers are like, "What is this? What is this crap? Turn it off! Where, where's the where's this? Where's our where's our little country type song? Whoa! Yeah. They all throw their they all throw yeah. everything in there. It, mm -hmm. They all throw everything at the 
at the at the stage, and the and the guy's like, "Well, that's not uh, that's not country music." Turns off the lights, and all and, and the entire band was like, "I don't think that I don't think they turn up. They didn't turn off the. They, I don't think they blew a fuse. They're mad. We need to come up with a plan. Okay, we need to come up with a plan and fast. Like we gotta get these guys to like us." Oh wait, remember the song Ron, Rawhide? Yeah, I remember that one. Let's do it in um a in, in an A key. Yeah. Grab them up. Let them up. Rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know it. I love that song. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's actually from the TV show too. Yeah, yeah. It, they the Blues Brothers do a good job singing it, and with uh, Jake with the whip and thing going, yeah. <laughs> Raw hard. and then also hard. i just love their version of stand by your man and the whole crowd is you know just they finally get into it and the whole crowd really liked what they did um yep. at the bob's country bunker and i don't know how long that show was because the the, the good old boys showed up late for some reason yeah. they showed up really late yeah they were late to the party yeah <laughs> And so, like, during that, too, the Blues Brothers, they got, you know, like, all right, what's our money? It's like, all right, you get paid 200 but you drank $300 worth of beer. And so that's where, you know, where we start to see another enemy be introduced because the Blues Brothers try to get out of not paying, you know, the $100 they owe Bob from the yeah. owner. I, um, I mean, I don't know if that's an actual thing, too, especially with most gigs or especially with most uh, music gigs, like, like, like if they actually drink, are they supposed to? They, I, I think they're supposed to pay their tab or the the place pay pay the tab. I mean, I mean, I'm yeah. a musician myself. I mean, I, I haven't done any. I mean, I mean, aside from going to Europe, I actually took a trip to Europe with that with a huge with a huge group for nice. um, Illinois Ambassadors of Music. But um, I mean, I remember I remember paying some for some of the food for for some of the food that I bought, but. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how it works. Doesn't usually like a, a manager or something, or does everybody in the group have to like pay the bill? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Probably everyone in the group would have to pay the bill. Or well, in this case, no one at at all knew they were going to be playing at Bob's Country Bunker, so it's like they had no idea if they were going to be paying or not. <laughs> so yeah. they're kind of screwed at that point. But you would think that someone in the band should have at least asked if they were getting, you know, the beer for free or something like that, because yeah, yeah you now, can't just assume yeah. that you're getting free beer. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, but it could be, it could go in a, in a different way too, where uh, if you're involved with a huge uh, music group, like you, you're involved with a huge music group. Like, uh, like for me, example, like I was an Illinois ambassador in music I mean, I had to pay. I had to pay for the. I mean, I had to pay for the food too. I had to pay for the yeah. food. I mean, I had to pay for my for my own food. Like when I was with with the group. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, it's pretty. I say it's a, it's a pretty normal standard where I think each member of the group has to like, like, you know, they had to like pitch in. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, that that's what it takes, and. You can see that they kind of do that, the Blues Brothers, like, band and everything like that, that they, their pitching in is kind of their time, I feel like, because all of them, you know, they kind of all separated and started their own new jobs and stuff like that. So what they're all pushing in is just for, you know, their one opportunity, and they finally get that opportunity as, uh, 
you know, right after they leave the Bob's Country Bunker, they kind of go to see the the guy in the sauna, right? Is that correct? Do they go like, kind of um, a little bit after? The what, Blues what's Brothers right after go the to the sauna. And yeah. uh, they were being chased. They were also being chased by by uh, the good oh, old yeah. boys. Like, the yeah, good the, old boys the, showed up. It was like, wait, wait a minute. Like, like, the guy was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're the good old boys. Then who are those? Then who the hell are those guys? <laughs> yeah, they're like it's like the Spider Man thing. <laughs> they start <laughs> pointing at each other. It's like Bob's pointing at the Blues Brothers, Blue Brothers pointing at the good old boys, good old boys pointing at Bob. They're like, wait a minute, I was supposed to hear. But it's also like the good old boys, the real ones. You guys showed up. It seems like four plus hours late. Like everyone's already left and gone, and the yeah. bars already closed up. So like, it's good for Bob that he had you know someone there and. So, I mean, it could be like, why does Bob so upset? But he also is getting chipped $100, which was a good yeah. amount of money back then. <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, hey, at least the Blues, at least the Blues Brothers came in. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. But even 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 the good old boys, they, they, they got caught by the cops, too. But I think they were they got released on bail, too, because. They went yeah, after the, the good old boys went after the Blues Brothers at uh, at that famous hotel in um in I believe I forgot the location of where they're going. Yeah, but then the the cops come and then the cops and the good old boys right they they collide into one another. Yeah, the cops. Uh, John Candy plays one of the main uh, lead cop, cop leads yeah. too. Yeah, and and then. Um, and then, he, and then, uh, Julia Jake and Elwood Blues, they wanted to, they wanted to like advertise their big concert throughout uh, different counties of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, they name dropped a uh, part of DuPage County, which is okay. a very, very good shout out. Shout out to us, and also shout out to Curtis, the father figure uh, janitor guy, who tells all the orphan kids, "Is like this is it, guys. Got to go spread out the word." Yep. So he's another person who. Uh, help spread out the word and stuff like that but then they then the blues brothers used the the big microphone yeah so that's what i was that's what i was thinking like at the beginning of the, of the movie when they pick up jake it's like is that the microphone because i don't know like that's what i just think of um and that's a really big microphone so it probably would have costed a lot of money <laughs> like enough yeah. to like maybe get a different car so who knows but yeah yeah that microphone came up clutch for him because they end up do filling it, yeah. So yeah, that's another funny glad, part. Yeah, and I'm glad that that uh, all all the band members were able to get the were able to get this location from the guy in the sauna. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the kind of with the the speaking on the microphone, I think it's an it's funny where they like drive. They're like just driving on the beaches. They're driving like on sidewalks and stuff. They're like tonight, Blues Brothers, <laughs> and like everyone knows. Like literally everyone, it seems like in the city of Chicago, Illinois, like knows the Blues Brothers, like including every law enforcement agency and like every group possible that's like trying to find them and everything. So yeah, and then um, including the good old boys too. Oh yeah, Yeah. including the good old boys, they haven't forgotten. Yep, and then I I um and then this location, but but while 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 the Blues Brothers were driving, they ran out of gas in their car. Yeah, so they had to start pushing the car, and they were kind of be becoming a little bit late. And once, of course, they get to the gas station, Mark. What they the the gas station was out of gas. It's like yeah, on Thursdays. Like, come on, 
So that's like another dilemma they face. You know, they have all these enemies, but then they're also everything's just going not their way, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not. They're not going. It's not going their way, and and realizing that, hey, they're, uh, hey, they, um, they just ran out of gas. What are you gonna do? Uh, what are you gonna do? Well, we're gonna. Have, well, we have no choice. We gotta wait. We gotta wait a couple hours for the gas truck to come by. And yeah. there was another cameo that even came in. Her name is Twiggy, which I'm pretty sure she's a um pretty popular singer too at the at, in the at the time like okay, that yeah. elwood talks to like elwood flirts with this <laughs> flirts with her in the car yeah. and she goes elwood tells her he's like we could go meet up at the motel at midnight and so elwood, we're not going to talk about it yet but like she goes there later and elwood wasn't there because he's too busy doing other things so yeah elwood has chance to secure her but <laughs> It didn't work. Out. It didn't work well. <laughs> what is Elwood the this? Oh man, Elwood has probably become the biggest stick in the mud now after flirting with uh, Twiggy. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's him. He's him. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, um, I mean, yeah, I I think Twiggy also had something going on too because I think uh, Elwood brought up the the show to her like. Hey, I mean, I'm performing on a show. Would you be interested? And she was like, "Um, no, I, sorry, I, I got other plans tonight." But, but then the hotel, that whole that was it, Red Inn or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, I think she was going to on another date, and then Elwood's like, "If your thing doesn't work out later, meet me up later," <laughs> and so she did, but it didn't work out. Wow, but they finally were Elwood. able to get. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Elwood, what a how what a way to leave someone behind like that. I know, I was like, come on, Elwood, but he kind of had no choice, right? I mean, yeah. so after the gas station, right, they go uh they're finally trying to get to the uh I think it's the, the big... pal- it was like a it was a it was a popular hotel. What I I think I'm trying to remember the name. Yeah, uh, the motel or the hotel. I uh, what was it? Was it, it was probably Palace Hotel, Palace something, a Palace yeah. Hotel ballroom. Yeah. And uh, this was in uh, north of Chicago. Okay. Yeah, like the big area, and there's cops surrounding the entire place. It's like a James Bond movie almost, where how the Blues Brothers have to sneak in and mm-hmm. see everyone in there. So the whole building's filled up. There's you know hundreds, thousands of people in there. The cops are in there. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, everything. And obviously the good old boys showed up as well. Um, Cap actually. And before that, uh, Cap Calloway, uh, Curtis and the rest of the yeah. band, um, they're, the, the, the entire band was like, wait a minute, the Blues Brothers doing this show all because they want to raise money for this orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> they're like the Blues Brothers are doing that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so Curtis is like, all right, well. We can't keep this crowd waiting. And he plays one of the best. I love just the whole scene here about this. Yes, yes. This is a song. With this is the song. Uh, Mini the Mucha. Yeah. Mini the Mucha. Well, Cab Calway did this song too. Like this, he wrote this song as well. Yeah. So it's another time where we see, you know, that that musician bringing their song into it. Mm-hmm. And then the Blues Brothers, you know, kind of have their own songs, you know, as well. So it, it's interesting. Yeah. And just the way that, you know, uh, the scene starts with the Blues Brothers in there, too. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. And like, I, 
I like how uh, how I like how like even before the Blues Brothers went in, like uh, Elwood actually. I don't know if he knows. I don't know if he catch this, but Elwood puts glue on the uh, in the RV of oh yeah of the of oh the, yeah when they're sneaking in cause, yeah yeah because before well before they even get down there no that, that never mind that was after okay yeah but yeah he puts the the glue on and everything which is funny so but my favorite part honestly of the whole movie is when that ending scene when they're in the palace hotel barroom is like we're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight and we would especially like to thank you all the representatives of the illinois law enforcement community they're joining us the join us here in the palace hotel ballroom at this time we sincerely hope that you enjoy the show and please remember people no matter who you are and whatever you do to live thrive survive there are still some things that make us all the same. You, everybody, be somebody. Yeah. Everybody, like that line is just awesome. <laughs> oh, that is probably—I say that's the best scene in this movie. Yeah, and just that's that scene, that line, you know, like, um, no matter who you are and whatever you do to live, thrive, and survive, like there are still some things that do make us all the same, you know, like. Everybody needs somebody, right? Yeah, that kinda, actually, that's a good you know, message. That is a very good yeah. message. Very good message yeah. in that film. I mean, hey, I mean, we all need somebody. We all need somebody, no matter like who you are, what you are, what you're doing. Like we, we're all, we're all the yeah. same. We're all the same. I mean, we all need somebody. We all need somebody. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like them being the orphans and too, so they've always needed someone to kind of guide them and stuff like that. So. I just love that part, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, everybody needs somebody. That's a good song. And then uh, there was another song they played was uh, "Sweet Home Chicago." Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a classic. Everyone know everyone in the world. No, not in the world, I should say, but like everyone around here knows that song. Yep. And yeah, and like everyone's enjoying it. The cops are enjoying it. And things like that are like, all right, well, let's not arrest them. We're gonna let the you know the Blues Brothers play their music. But and they so... found out about it. But they found out about it when uh when the two left the stage, went backstage, and this guy, this record company guy, gave them uh, ten thousand dollars for to because they're going to sign a sign a deal for a new song. Yeah, and that was awesome because that was their five thousand that they got for the orphanage, and then the. 1400 was to Ray Charles. For, it was an IOU for that uh, keyboard that they got. Yeah. And the rest went to the band. So, like, that's a lot of money for the band. And a lot of money for the band. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. this leads up to, uh, well, actually, even before the chase, uh, this leads up to um, the final encounterment between uh, the Blues Brothers and the mystery woman from oh, Carrie yeah. Fisher. Yeah. They go down there and does Elwood know about her at all? That's the part that I don't think has been known about the movie or talked I about. I don't like, think so. But does Elwood know that they were almost married? Doesn't really seem that clear either. So whatever to yeah, think about. But, but that's another I, crazy part. Yeah, but I do, I do have to say this. But um, um, actually, I found out that um, Dan Aykroyd and Carrie Fisher, there were actually a couple as well during that time period as well. Oh. But Dan uh, Aykroyd, what? So that's funny. <laughs> that yeah, was the Dan Aykroyd and Carrie Fisher. Uh, yeah. They they used to date. They they dated. They dated each other um, a while back during like the, yeah. uh, the prime of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, um, I will tell you that Carrie Fisher 
has been, you know, uh, practicing her stormtrooper aim or has learning from stormtrooper aim because Carrie Fisher cannot hit the B- Blues Brothers at all with an RPG, with an M16, with a bomb. It doesn't matter. Carrie Fisher cannot get a hit. So just like stormtroopers in Star Wars, they can never get their shots on target. Oh, <laughs> da- oh damn. That is... <laughs> it's true, though, right? I mean, she like had a whole clip of when the Blues Brothers are trying to leave and she can't hit them once. And then that's where we see... You know, Jake do his magic, take off the glasses. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> the only time. she bought it. She bought it. Bought it. And then that's another just, it always makes me laugh. Hilarious part of yeah. the movie. And then uh, Dan Aykroyd. And then Dan Aykroyd's <laughs> like, take it easy. Yeah, we got to go. <laughs> Drops her. It's like, uh, yeah, take it easy. Have a wow, two sticks in the mud now. J- Julia, <laughs> Jake, and, and Elwood Blues. They both left their ladies behind. Yeah. And then um, we get this another another nice quote from we get yeah, this pretty yeah. popular quote from them. Okay, uh, two hundred and something something uh, about about uh, at least one hundred or two hundred something miles to Chicago. Full tank of gas, pack of cigarettes, and we're wearing sunglasses. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's one hundred eighty-seven miles to Chicago. Full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit mm-hmm. it. Yep. Yep. This is where the famous. This is probably the. I mean, obviously the dance. Obviously the uh, the the theater scene is obviously the best scene. But I think the most popular sequence out of this movie has got to be the final chase. Yeah, which is like also what I started watching is like if you think about it, you know, just think about it from the timing wise. Um, you know, the shows at nighttime. It's probably probably at what like eight. 8 p.m. or something then they yeah. leave it's probably like let's say 10 30 and the whole chase is like crazy awesome but like somehow the chase ends and it's already like midday the next day or like early morning yeah. it's like i don't know if that chase is gonna be seven hours but let's not get into that part that's kind of yeah, me just thinking yeah, that's the, yeah. because the, the whole chase is awesome and how many cars it took to, in that chase yeah which is like hilarious the whole entire world's going after the blues brothers and the state yes. troopers everyone's going at them. everyone's going after them even I'm so, I feel, and of course the uh, good old boys, their their chase cut short because um, they landed in a river and Ella um, did his little glue, like you said. Yeah, because the glue was on the excel. I believe it was on the accelerator. I think. Yeah, <laughs> like the tough way they just go crashing right into a pond, <laughs> and Bob's in there too with them. And he is like, "Don't you say a word." Yeah, and then so yeah, they they keep driving and things. They get get to Chicago. With yeah, all these and cars and all the cars, lower whacker, the lower whacker scene, and just how many crashes there are, and with there's like so many of them, there's like a hundred. I, I think this movie holds the record for, for the most. For I think this movie holds the record for the most yeah. car crashes. Move over, Fast and Furious. This is this is this yeah. is a precursor of Fast and Furious. Filmmakers purchased sixty police cars, each at about four hundred dollars, and most were destroyed um 40 stunt drivers were in this movie too um and they kept a 24-hour body shop to repair cars so like oh my goodness that goes back to you know beginning of what we talked just the budget and things but like that just shows how much preparation it took for this final scene and how crazy it really was that is that is the most craziest scene from this movie like like you watch this scene 
you are not only amazed by this entire sequence, but you got to be wondering how were they able to pull it off? Like there's no yeah. CGI. All you see is the real deal. This is, yeah. this is all real cars. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Fast and Furious had real cars, but they, they had to use visual effects. But even before Fast and Furious, you got the Blues Brothers who had, who had probably the one of the most craziest card chases that you have ever seen put to screen. Yeah, and, like, people probably wouldn't think that, too, of, like, you know, you just think of the Blues Brothers in a car chase. Like, if you were someone that maybe has, hasn't seen the movie or seen it just, like, once, they're like, uh. But, yeah, like, that, a lot went into that. A lot really did money-wise, time-wise, and making sure everything was perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. Even the and Illinois then, Nazis came into came into the fold. Yeah, that's when they get on the schemas, like the Nazis are coming, and then you know the country boys are there and Bob and I so mean, you got. Bob, everyone... I mean, Bob. They they already crashed in it. They crashed in it during the nighttime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm saying like this is the scene. The chase scene is where all of the enemies, you know, come together. Like they come together, not come to. They're kind of teaming up together, honestly. Even Carrie Fisher's girl. At the beginning of the chase, she starts shooting with the police at the Bluesmobile, and the police they don't say anything to her. They're like, "Yeah, like so." Yeah, yeah. And then she the, probably went or, back to Han. She probably went back to uh, Han Solo after that. Yeah, to Han Solo or like her uh, nail salon shop. I know she had that in the movie. Yeah, but yeah, we're kind of kind of coming to the the close then. I mean, the yeah. chase going down Lower Wacker, and then they get mm -hmm. to the courthouse. They start driving through there. And, and things they, like they, had, they had to go through 120 miles per hour. 120 miles per hour. They had to go through. No, that's the that was the speed that uh, that Elwood was driving. 120 miles. Oh yeah, per yeah. Hour. And that yeah, was super. under the um, I want to say the subway that was going under the subway. You probably noticed, like you see, you know those subway tracks that you see in, yeah, the in Chicago. Like those yeah, are the, the subway L. tracks they're driving under. Yeah, so that was crazy. And then the and Illinois the, Nazis even met their met their fate as well when the lead when uh when the lead when the when the leader and his second in command drove off an unfinished bridge and they're and they were just they were like holy crap they yeah. flew way up in the they air were, I don't know how that scene happened because like they I swear they kept going like higher and higher they were like above like the Sears Tower I was like all right <laughs> that was kind of crazy but that was funny the icing on the cake was the was was the song that, that, that was being played was Ride of the Valkyries by Richard Ragnar and it's, right. it's a popular music composition too yeah yeah that made the scene all that much more funny too and <laughs> and the final nail in the coffin of no pun intended was when the second in command tells uh, the leader, I've always loved you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. So that's another part, though, where another enemy is kind of taken care of for the Blues Brothers. But then we kind of see the National Guard army and my favorite people, the Hut, 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 Oh, yeah, the SWAT team. <laughs> the SWAT team. That's my favorite. That's another part of the movie. Where, you like, get the whatever. fire squad, too. You get the yeah. fire squad, too. Yeah. Whenever I drive in the city, like, with my family, and then we go past that building, it was like, Hut, Hut. We all just look at each other. Like, everybody, all the enemies come together. You, like, it's the entire force. It's the, yeah. the entire police force, the National Guard, the police yeah. squad, the, army. the SWAT team. There's the tanks. Yeah. Yes. There are tanks there. And they're like, but all this just to get the last check to Steven Spielberg to make sure that these taxes can be paid for the orphanage. <laughs> and, you know, they it's funny. They get there and everyone's looking at them because they got all this dirty stuff on. 
Blues Brothers barricade up the doors and they're like, where do we go for the whatever DuPage County or someone County clerk Cook to pay the Cook County. Cook County is like, all right, up there, up there. And, and so um, everybody and all the all and then the police force um has said the same thing too. They asked the same thing too. They're like, yeah, hey, they're like did you see those two guys uh carrying a briefcase or something? And they and the guy was like, Yeah, I sent them down there. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and that, that's a funny part because then they all everyone, the whole entire police force and firefighters like ah, they start just cheering because they all need to get this guy because their days have been ruined by the blues brothers. Even though the Blues Brothers, all they're trying to do is just save this orphanage. <laughs> but they caused damage of their own, too. Yeah, they did. They caused some damage. But they finally get up there. And, of course, they get the payment received. You know, they put it in. And right when they write the receipt, Mark, they get they get cuffed up right away. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, and they, uh, they... Everybody, all, everybody in the office was holding guns in front of the Blues Brothers. They were all pointing at them, including uh, – Including a um, including Spielberg, who's in the middle of the action, it was like, um, do I get a cut here? Yeah, like what did I do? <laughs> so the, I mean, that's when they finally accomplished their mission from God, and they got it done, and the orphanage got to keep on going. But yeah, kind of Jake went right back to where he came from at the start of the movie, and that was in prison. <laughs> that was in prison, Jailhouse yeah. Rock. Jailhouse Rock came, and that's a. Uh, one of the another great part of the movie, a great song that everyone enjoys, I think. So. Yeah, that was uh, that was a that was a good closure. That was a good closure, and uh, the movie. And then obviously you get the you get the cast, the names, the names of the people who are involved in this movie. Obviously the cast, and yeah, uh, of course the crew members as well. And then, oh yeah, the crew members they start singing. Yeah, the they start singing start too. Dancing with the jailhouse rock. Right. <laughs> That's then, another part. Uh, like they include everyone in the movie. Yeah, they included everybody in the movie, and then, um, and then like the credits, the credits roll, and it's just, um, it's just, uh, it's just everybody. Yeah, exactly. Somebody. And you start singing, right? It's really yeah. nice. In fact, like here's the thing: like normally for credits, you just leave, but for a movie like The Blues Brothers, you just sit down, sit yeah. down, watch the credits, listen to the song. It's like it's uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, you know, like John Williams, because John Williams's music is literally played during the credits like what do you do like what do you do during credits do you just leave or do you want do you just want to sit down and listen to the music yeah yeah um i like to listen to uh, the the music and the credits and stuff like that and you never know what you're going to get in credits too as well so sometimes you can get a little feature sneak peek on the next possible show or movie they have coming out but also just like you said music like the blues brothers credits i was just sitting there like this morning when i watched it again i was just listening to music mm -hmm. chilling out vibing out to it so yeah, yeah. like you said yeah. but with blues brothers i mean it's the blues brothers music you know you're gonna you're gonna you know you're gonna sing along and listen to, to the music yeah some blues music is you know it's just a good vibe between everything and that's what really makes the movie i think great is the yeah. the music and the type of comedy that you have in it and you know a message of like everyone can be someone and like you can try to you know do something better something good you know for not just yourself like saving the orphanage from jake uh jake and uh elwood you know yeah other than that that's pretty much it yeah i think we, we've covered everything i mean yeah it's been like an hour and a half i think we're at now so wow. i think we're good <laughs> oh, i think we're good too i mean yeah hey, thank hey, you so thank much you. yeah thank you <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we covered a, a lot of good things, and we've been talking about doing this for a couple of weeks now, and mm-hmm. I was happy to join you on the call here today. And also, it's just really nice to watch the movie again a couple of times over recently. It's been one of my favorites since I've grown up, and yeah, it was really fun to talk about it. Oh, yes, yeah, it's very, very good to talk about it. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah. So anyway, um, just to also anyway, that's a wrap for this. That's a wrap for this episode. So um, to to everybody who is listening, um, uh, what did you think of the Blues Brothers? Did you like the Blues Brothers? Do you think the Blues Brothers movie still holds up to this day? I would like to hear your thoughts about this. In my opinion, it it holds up. It really holds up. Yeah, in my opinion, yeah. Even though the movie came out, what forty two years ago now, which uh, is crazy. 43. 43. Yeah. 43 yeah so i mean it, it still holds up the humor i showed one of our co-workers marcel francis the movie when we were roommates in college and he saw it for the first time like a couple years ago and he said he really loved it that he's watched it again since so anyone who hasn't watched the blues brothers i think no matter like what you like or enjoy what type of movies i think you can really you know find something from the blues brothers yeah i agree i totally agree so <laughs> Anyway, that's a wrap on this episode. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. And I'm Joe Kennedy. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.